0: It's May 8th, 2018, and you're listening to Product Management Daily. My name is Tucker Sauer-Pavanka, and these are three product management findings you need to know. This episode of the Product Management Daily is brought to you by CRIMA, a 100% U.S.-based product agency offering product strategy, design, development to startups and enterprises looking to scale their technology and innovation. Learn more at crema.us. The first product management finding I have for you today is an article that is by Lisa Long of Mind the Product. And the article is titled, four questions that will lead to better prioritization. The questions are, what is your product meant to solve? That first question is really important. So always make sure to return back to the core value proposition and ask yourself, is this task tied to that? This serves as a useful set of boundaries when you're prioritizing both um, for yourself and as a group and with stakeholders. The second question is, what's the most important problem you're trying to solve now and why? So when you're doing this and you gather your stakeholders, have them make a list of all the issues currently facing your product and ask, them, ask each of them what the top two most important items to solve are. After they answer that question, drill down a little bit further and ask them why. As a group, this will start a great conversation and and we'll quickly unveil what's most important to that person and then eventually to the entire group, which ultimately will set priority for your product. The third question is, are there any external factors you need to consider? So when you're prioritizing, make sure that you always keep those external factors visible to everybody, whether that's on a whiteboard, if it's in a virtual meeting, making sure that you have a screen pulled up that has those on it. This will help steer the conversation in a way that keeps those factors in mind. If there's compliance issues that um, are gonna cause you to incur legal fees, maybe those become the most highest priority based on how much those legal fees are. Um, Again, always keeping those visible will really help steer the conversation in the right direction. And fourth and final, if you didn't do something, what bad things would happen? So this is really important when you're discussing the impact of moving something to the bottom of the list. What or who will suffer from moving that to the bottom of the list? Does it then become the most important item to accomplish? What's really important here is to consider all the factors that go into deprioritizing something and making sure that you're not putting, whether that be staff or costs or anything at jeopardy um, when you're moving when you're deprioritizing specific tasks. So those are four questions to ask yourself and your team as you go through your regular prioritization exercises to help drive the team in a successful direction. <laughs> The next item I have for you today is no doubt something that you've already seen, but it's still important to call out nonetheless. 20 years ago, Apple released the iMac. Back then, Apple had to convince everybody that they were no longer failing and that they were about to flourish. This may seem crazy now, but they really had to trust their gut back then. This really marked a new beginning for Apple. Back then, most computers had many cords to manage, whereas the iMac offered essentially Just two steps to get connected to the internet. You had to plug in the power cord, and you had to plug in the phone line. This greatly reduced friction for non-tech-savvy consumers, which is why the iMac became such a hit overnight. iMacs today pack an extreme amount of power in such a small package compared to the iMac of 1998. I think it's a good reminder for us all for how far technology has come in the past 20 years. The third and final finding I have for you today is this article I found on Medium by The Economist titled, The World's First Neighborhood Built from the Internet Up. The Keyside neighborhood in Toronto will be home to a new smart city project driven by Sidewalk Labs. They're an urban innovation subsidiary of Google's parent company, Alphabet. According to Alphabet, it's the prime place for the world's first neighborhood built from the internet up. Sidewalk Labs is planning some pilot projects around Toronto this summer to test some technologies it hopes to use in Quayside. This will help ultimately get public buy-in for the neighborhood, in addition to helping test out the ideas before they start building it in this neighborhood. Some of their ideas include robots delivering packages, hauling trash away via underground tunnels, thermal energy grid that runs on sustainable energy, adaptive traffic lights, Snow melting sidewalks, which I don't know if you've been to Toronto in the wintertime, but that's very important. Banning private cars, which is very interesting. I wonder what kind of backlash you'll get from the public on that one. And self-driving shuttles and robo-taxis. So if this all falls according to plan, Google will end up relocating its Canadian headquarters there. Many data sensors throughout the city will help capture a vast amount of data, which we all know Google is a fan of, and the data will be used in a way to make Keyside more efficient, livable, and sustainable. This project will require forbearances from existing city laws and regulations, which is a little bit alarming. There are many privacy concerns with this, as the only way to opt out of not having this data collected would be to not live in this neighborhood, and maybe eventually to not live in the entire city. For additional insights on product management, find us on the web at crema.us. Thanks and have a great day.